Well, everybody, this is Keith, Music Man, and like with the Final on Vinyl podcast, and we are on with Shambu, who I actually uh, interviewed last June, and he most recently put out an album called Life Passage, which I covered, uh, was released September 29th. Hello, go Shambu. Hey, how are you? Very nice to be back with you. Good. Glad to have you on board again. Thank you. And, uh, I wonder if you would like to talk about this album. Um, I was immediately struck by the cover and the title. Can you uh, let the listening crowd up there know why you chose that title, Life Passage, and the cover, and what that whole journey was like for you? Yeah, this album really grew out of the pandemic time when many of us were sort of holed up wherever we were trying to stay motivated and creative. And so I I ended up producing uh, two albums during the pandemic, um, Heart Awakening and then this one, Life Passage. So the song Life Passage was sort of an homage to Chick Corea, who I was studying with during the pandemic. He had an online music class, and I was one of 15 or 20 people that were taking the class with him. A genius pianist, jazz pianist, composer, who really influenced me. And then just a couple of months after the class, he died out of the blue. Oh, he was gone. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And, and it was so remarkable during, during these online classes. I, I, I just saw how abundantly creative and driven he was. He just had music coming out of every pore of his body. And uh, it was so inspiring to be with him. So this song, Life Passage, which became the title cut of the album, really grew out of... Uh, kind of a way to honor Chick Corea, kind of a reflection on his passing and uh, about him. Nice, nice tribute. Uh, I actually saw him at the Concord Jazz Festival in 1985. And yeah. uh, he was one of many artists that I saw that, that day, and I'll never forget it. And, of course, all of his great music, his solo music, and um, with... The, the great albums that Return to Forever put out, that great super group. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with all that work, right? I'm very familiar with it. And uh, I actually got a chance to meet him briefly at the 2010 Grammy Awards. Uh, and, and I think he won that year for five-piece band with John McLaughlin, who's another favorite of mine, who's another person who I knew quite well uh, through my meditation life studying meditation, uh, I met John McLaughlin. When you say that name, the, the first thing that pops into my head is Birds of Fire, one of the albums that yeah. he had. Remember that one? Yeah. His second album was remarkable. I mean, I, I was a real fanboy of John McLaughlin and kind of got into meditation following his inspiration in Leeds. So uh, he's kind of a big influence in my life. And, you know, you kind of hear in my music a blend of jazz and new age coming out of my meditation, and uh, and even pop influences in, in, in my music. But for the most part, Life Passage is a very contemplative, meditative piece. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of one of my more artistic uh, efforts, very acoustic. Uh, you know, hold up in the pandemic, nobody was going into a studio. There were no ensemble recordings happening. So I just kind of recorded this thing at home as I do on my acoustic guitar, and then we added a couple of instrumentalists later. 
I see. And just five tracks this time out, is there a reason why you did it that way? Didn't do the normal 10, 11, 12 tracks? Well, you mean doing it with five tracks rather than 10? Right. Um, you know, I, I kind of did my, my Heart Awakening album with five tracks, and I decided to put it out versus waiting for another five tracks. So, I you know, if you put together Heart Awakening and Life Passage, you get one long album. But the, the cool thing is, you know, I, I ended up having two of the songs from Heart Awakening play on Sirius XM, which is one of the better venues for music these days. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, so two out of five on that one. And, you know, I've had a cut on Sirius XM for all my albums at least. So hopefully we have some success with uh, Life Passage and, and we get some exposure online. I'm sure you will. You're one of the staples out there in, in the genre, that's Thank for you. sure. Thank and I, I noticed uh, because of you, the first track featuring Michael Manring, has a very yep. distinct bass sound that, um, you know, just reminds me of a few of the greats that have come and gone. These, uh, well, Eric Scott really is the first mm -hmm. one that came. Um, yeah. Passed away. Yeah. I met so. Michael in 2010 recording my first release, Sacred Love, and uh, Will Ackerman introduced him to me, and, and he ended up doing a track on, on that album, which was absolutely wonderful. And, uh, and, I, and he recorded extensively with me on my third album, Soothed. Um, and that album, too, we had two cuts on Sirius XM, which are still playing. So I had, I had this cut because of you, and I, I just needed this beautiful, sustained bass that Michael Manring delivers so perfectly. And, uh, and it really became kind of a feature of the song, hearing that, that Ebo that he uses to sustain the notes. Very lovely. Oh, that's what he does. I was just going to ask you, what does he, does he use pedals or what's he using to get that effect and that sound? He's got that Ebo, which kind of uh, makes the strings resonate and sustain as if it was like a cello. Oh, okay. Can you explain a little more of how that works, what that looks like to, to the folks? I mean, it's, 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 knows what that is. it's just a device that goes in your pick hand and you hold it over the string, and uh, the current in that device activates the string to to resonate. Ah, uh, got it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That that once you started explaining that, uh, I, I remember now how that that works. Very, very cool. And, uh, very cool tool for for instrument. You know, and there's just so yeah. many different things out there that people use and. Are you into yeah. using any um, vintage equipment, older older guitars, things of that nature? I would say I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I was lucky to discover Taylor guitars around 2008. And, uh, and then when I did my first album, uh, they kindly kind of uh, invited me to become a Taylor artist. So I've been using Taylors exclusively. But you know what? I actually love Taylor guitars. They're... they're the acoustics are so resonant um, and and full-bodied, and and they also have a really beautiful, bright, balanced tone. So, um, mm. you know, you'll hear on my acoustic and and when I play live acoustic electric, they're Taylor guitars. So I haven't really explored vintage guitars. I don't think I could afford them. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so being a Taylor guitar artist, does that mean they send you guitars to try out and promote and attach your name to it? That kind of setup, uh, or? probably if I was one of the biggest, uh, biggest drawing guitar players out there, that might happen. In my case, they very kindly allowed me to go to their factory and try out a bunch of guitars, pick the one I want, and then, uh, and then uh, I, you know, I, I, I get some kind of. Uh, you know, a dispensation on the price a little bit as a courtesy. Nice. Well, that's pretty cool to be able to go to the factory. And have, did you yeah. watch them put guitars together? And I, I've watched their repair shop, which is incredibly impressive. Uh, uh, and and they've also done you know re refurbishing of the guitars, and and they make them like new. So you know, the whole Taylor guitar operation is sensational. I love the sound. And they they really know what they're doing in terms of maintaining their guitars and and uh, so they sound amazing. I actually need to take my acoustic and carry it over to their factory in San Diego and see if they can do a quick turnaround. Yeah. So you're out in California. Oh well, I'm flying to California uh, end of the week, but I'm in New York. I'm based in West Hampton, New York. Uh, right. Formerly That's of what California. I thought. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So made in America, Taylor Guitars. How long have they been around? I don't know. Um, uh, uh, you know, just as I don't, uh, I'm not a aficionado of historical guitars. I don't know the history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of ensconced in the music. You know, my whole purpose is really, um, you know, making music that helps to lift people up uh in these stressful times you know music that isn't so much entertainment but it's sort of like an inner nourishment you know so that when you when you're listening to it you know you kind of feel a little calmer a little uh yeah you have a greater ability to just sort of let go and dream and drift um and get into your own headspace versus uh being affected by all the stresses around you so you know my music album to album, even though some of the ja are jazzy and rocky and whatever, you know, for the most part, you know, the music really helps to calm people down and center them. So, uh, especially with this album, Life Passage. So, what does that do for Shambu when he's creating the music? Is that the same effect? Well, it's not, it, it's more than that, actually, because, uh, like, when I'm recording, uh, especially the songs on this album, you know, I, I had to sort of like an actor get into the mood and the space you want to convey. It wasn't just sort of playing the notes, but it's sort of putting my own inner meditative feeling into the note so that the note carries more than just its own sound, but it carries a consciousness, you know, a feeling. Uh, yeah. So that's my approach to, uh, recording and making music and it's kind of my purpose too uh you know not i'm not out there to make a lot of money or have a huge fan base though i love both i'm really out there to put out music that inspires people and uplifts them and gives them a, a better day um you know so it's an extension of you most music is i think for musicians but in this case with the new age genre, I think it's a bit deeper. You know, it's an extension of really who you are deep down inside and how you want to share that with others and 
make them feel better, like you say, you know? It is. And in my case, you know, in my in my uh, 20s, uh, for about 29 years, I studied meditation with John McLaughlin's guru. His name is Sri Chinmoy. So, um, you know, when I, when I got into doing my own album in 2010, you know, I had already had like 30 years of meditative practice behind me. And, and I decided that it would be a good purpose for my music to... Uh, you know, play play kind of soulful, meaningful guitar versus do pop, rock, studio, bossa nova, styles like that, which I've been doing my whole life uh, professionally. Just when I came to my own music, I wanted to do the meditative um, and the new age and, and do something that was really uplifting versus sort of entertaining and and exciting people. So you've always played an instrument and um, just got to the point after all those years of meditation to decide to record, you know, that point in your life, what happened that made that happen? That's a great question. You know, when I got to that point in my life, I I actually said to myself, you know, I'm a guy who's had a couple of different careers. You know, I've done nonprofit work. I was successful, built big events around the world. Uh, I've worked in the technology public relations side, helped launch internet companies, and I've kind of been doing that for for a couple of decades. Um, and so, you know, that was a way of, of earning income. And by the time I got to 2007, I said, wow, why am I not giving attention to this God-given talent called music? You know, like, why don't I have a fantastic guitar? You know, I just have a guitar that I could use for gigs. Why am I not giving more uh, kind of gratitude to that gift that I have? And so I ended up buying myself the best guitar I could find, which was a Taylor. I happened to be in in Sedona, Arizona at the time, and I got this beautiful acoustic that I record with. And uh, and then I I decided I would put the time in to finding my music. You know, I'd always played, but I never really knew what's my music if I was going to make an album. What is my sound? What are my songs? You know, and it took me about from 2007 to 2009 to kind of find my sound, you know, recording and listening. And it took about like almost 18 months for me to even like what I was doing. And I found my sound and I started to find songs. And a friend of a friend hooked me up with Will Ackerman, who said, wow, I like your stuff and I think I can help you. And so I ended up recording my first album with Will Ackerman. And I had guys like Jeff Oster helping. playing his flugelhorn, and just brilliant musicians like Eugene Friesen and others getting on board. And we ended up with a beautiful album. So um, that whole thing worked in that I was able to kind of take my intention to produce my own music, something that reflected my heart, and, and put that out and, and not, not have to compromise or become commercial or, or, or change the sound because someone thought it would sell more. I just did what I wanted to do. And I ended up, like, on the ZMR thing, I ended up with the number one album that year. And then the next year, I won Contemporary Instrumental Album of the Year for Dreaming of Now. Uh, I think you reviewed both of these. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I got into it basically to be grateful for the gifts that I had, the musical gifts, not to take them for granted, not to die without having done something with them uh, versus making a little money. So, you know, I've ended up now, I have a catalog of 
you know, close to five dozen songs. Um, a whole bunch of them are played on Sirius XM in rotation um, and played all around the world. And, you know, I have a small new age career, but I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I'm living out my dream, my passion, and and I'm playing music that's true to me and reflective of who I am and and uh, and an offering to the people that want to listen and enjoy it. So that's how I got into it. So I was just thinking about Will Ackerman, and I remember back in the 80s uh, when he had Wyndham Hill, and I believe he's using the same formula that he used back then by having that collective of artists that put out something new all the time, and they, they collaborated a lot, and it worked so well then, and it works well now. Yeah, I mean, I I am like a disciple of Will Ackerman. He's just a brilliant uh visionary brilliant artist uh totally original and creative in himself always reinventing himself and he has the ability to take people like me and make us sound better um so i wouldn't say he's he's not formulaic at all but he has a sound he has a kind of um artistic approach to the music and it's all based on the heart it's all based on feeling and really giving every note what it deserves. You know, um, he's an amazing producer to work with. I, I am completely grateful to him for having uh, worked with me on my first two albums. So uh, uh, Will, Will is really a special, a special guy. He's kind of like the, uh, the quarterback, like Tom Brady would always bring everybody up a few yeah. more levels, you know, and just uplift everybody around him and make everybody a star. And you take that component away, then they're just normal, regular ball players. You know, I would see that happen. They'd go to different teams and you'd never hear about them again, you know? So that's how important that one key component can be to that stepping stone to what you end up with, the one great album, you know? So. Yeah, and in Will's case, he, he almost makes every album great. He, he I can't disagree with that. Sense. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and you've reviewed a lot of them, I'm sure. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Countless artists that that he works with them, and Tom Eaton, of course, is his kind of partner on these yeah. projects now, and uh, he's he also a, a brilliant guy who who uh, co-produced my my album Dreaming of Now, my second album. So Tom Tom uh, is someone who I've appreciated working with since about 2012. I was just thinking, um, you know, you said you got some awards. There's a lot of different aspects that go into that for people making a selection, like, you know, here's this award for, for your album, and uh, you're the best new age artist this year. I mean, do those folks, those people from that part of the community, do they actually go and, and read reviews? Or are they basing it on how many plays you had on Spotify or how many? How much you sold, or is it all of the above? I think I think it's probably all of the above. But you know, there is there's always somebody behind the scenes who who is sort of you know separating out the junk from the quality, and and 
and then and then there's probably a collective of people who make a choice. Um, I mean, I've been nominated for uh, all kinds of awards. I mean, my album Lilac Sky was nominated for a San Diego Reader Award, which I thought was pretty cool. It's a weekly newspaper, the culture and art newspaper out of San Diego. I was kind of proud of that. Um, I did not win that one, but I was still proud of being nominated for Best Jazz Album for that. Um, so I think there are good people behind these awards, and uh, and uh, some of them have more weight than others. But you know, I think in in the new age world, everybody takes whatever they can get and tries to leverage it for some momentum. Right, because you know, unfortunately, you're in the minority. You can't compete with these rock stars that sign these multi-million dollar deals with record companies and people yeah. that have that, that kind of weight and push to get that music out there. So it's, it's, a, it's a tougher road, but it sounds to me yeah. like it's a, a lot more satisfying internally for folks like yourself as, as you've gone over in this, this talk we've had. So I really do appreciate all of your input and it's been a great conversation and, uh, Hopefully we'll do this again when the next album comes out. Thank you. And people can check me out at shambumusic.com, S-H-A-M-B-H-U music.com. You heard it, folks. Shambu, thank you so much for your time. All right, Keith. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.